Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. So what's Kevin King's hack on finding a good 3PL or warehousing facility? Because that has been a struggle for people. It's hard because a lot of them, because of the pandemic, like you said, they're, they're, they're inundated right now. They're like, they have more business than they can handle. I know there's a big one in Michigan. I think e-fulfillment e or e-com fulfillment's the name. It's one that a lot of people were using. And I contacted them for one of my companies back in like uh, the summer. And I, I said, they said, no problem, but just need to understand if you ship us something, it's going to sit in a trailer for two weeks before we can even check it in to, to handle it. And I was like, geez, you know, I talked to ship Bob and Shipwire and a bunch of the other ones and it, it's difficult. And so you got to get referrals from someone else that's got something, or if you know a buddy, uh, you know, another Amazon seller that set up his own uh, kind of warehouse, you know, maybe you can go with them because they have a clue on the Amazon side. It's, it's difficult. It's call around. You got to find someone that you're comfortable with. That's, uh, the fees can eat your lunch really fast. I mean, on, when we get when we run out of stock, when I'm launching a new product uh, on on Amazon, we have to start FBM because we ship in the product, and I'm not going to wait till it gets shipped. Gets the FBA gets checked in to start selling. So we start selling FBM, and it's pretty much at a loss. But it starts the ranking going, then the FBM gets checked in those first 200, and then usually we sell through those really fast. So it switches back to FBM, and while we're sending the next FBA in, so this is. The cycle that goes for about two months of back and forth, back at FBA, FBM, F before you finally get a high enough number on, on FBA, what they'll let you ship in to where you can actually get ahead of the curve and pretty much stay FBA most of the time, unless you just have a huge spike. So it's a, it's a challenge. So finding, finding those companies is difficult. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult. But it's worth it. <laughs> we it's, do yeah, the same it's, thing it's, when it's, we it's launch. It's it. like FBM immediately follow it up, send them into FBA, keep selling FBM, keep selling FBA, just keep on pushing it through until we're, we're kind of on a steady slope, right? So yeah. And most people, it, the way you do that, I mean, my counters is an exception. I had to create a whole new ASIN to get around this, this, this classification. But in most cases, what you can do is, if most people don't realize how you can have both FBM and FBA on the same listing, is create, create your listing. Uh, say it's an FBA listing that when you're creating it, and then just go in there into the seller central on the back end, click on, you know, when it has a list of all your SKUs, click on the little box and over on the right-hand side where it says edits or whatever, you pull that down. One of those is called add a condition. And so what you want to do is you want to pull that little pull down down and say, add a condition. It'll pop up a little screen. It'll ask you for a different SKU. So you, you assign it a different SKU. And so like what we do is if my SKU is a, uh, is a, uh, uh, Hat, hat 01, you know, the one that's a FBA is hat 01-FBA. The other one's hat 01-FBM or whatever. So you give it a different skew it, and it keeps the same ASIN, keeps the same reference, the same listing, everything. And then you add a condition and the condition is just add another one new. And that's pretty much all you have to hit those two things. And then what happens is you know, another listing will pop up. It'll copy everything over from your original and then they'll switch back and forth automatically. So as you run out of one, or, or as, as you run out of FBA, it'll automatically switch to the FBM. And when, when the FBA comes back in stock, it'll automatically switch back, uh, ass, assuming the pricing. So what I do is on the FBM, I price it like a buck or two more just to make sure that it doesn't, uh, doesn't actually reverse. Um, and then, yeah, and then because if you're more than like 2% of the last yeah. buy box price, then it'll, it'll rotate. But if, if you're, yeah. yeah, otherwise it'll, it'll 
it'll rotate. So if you don't want it to rotate, you need to price it significant, more than 2% of the last right. five hours price. Right. Yeah, we do the same thing. The only thing we do differently is we start our SKU with um, MF or FBA because yeah. it's, you know, that way I'm it's like, oh, okay, see. I know it's on which one. Left hand, yeah, on the left-hand <laughs> side. It doesn't, doesn't truncate off or something. Yeah, that's a good, that's good. Yeah, we, we do the exact same thing. The other thing I, I like that you mentioned, Kevin, is, you know, adding a few bucks. People don't realize, but nowadays, especially, well, depending on the size of the product, but almost always now, FBA actually beats Merchant Fulfilled uh, because their shipping prices are so low. Um, it never used to be that way. But now that, you know, Postal Service and all these other companies have started to raise their rates, um, a lot of times your FBA, your FBM uh, products, even with the discount in fees from Amazon, um, are more expensive to ship. So we always make that a little bit more expensive too. Like you said, number one, to keep the FBA um, buy box uh, or the buy box on the FBA uh, offer, but also to just get that little extra money to cover some of the uh, added expenses, labor, customer service, all the stuff that you get when you uh, do FBA. So I love you have to you remember think. too, though, on the flip side of that, you, most people don't think it. you have a cost to send in FBA. So let's say, let's say Amazon's fulfillment cost is like numbers easy is $5, you know, not, not their 15% commission, but just the, the pick and pack fee is, um, <clears throat> is, is $5. And you, maybe if you're shipping it to a merchant fulfilled, usually, like you said, you know, you're, you're not going to have the economies of scale. Maybe your cost is, uh, is $7, you know, just to send it out plus some labor or whatever, $7. So the two dollar difference. So you immediately think, well, FBA is definitely cheaper, but you got to remember, depending on how you send that stuff into FBA, you had a cost to send it in, either on your own dime or, or FBA, uh, Amazon's dime. You probably, if you're they ship from a three PL, they probably charge you a per case price to, to pick each one. You got to factor all that back in too. So at the end of the day, you might not be as different as you think. Um, it depends well, on your so, size and weight. Well, yeah, so, I was going to say majority of our products are really small. So, so yeah, if, for, for, yeah, yeah, we have some stuff. Yeah, we have some bigger stuff. So you have to, but even even regardless of that, people trust the FBA way over they do the FBM. People are getting more comfortable with FBM now because of the pandemic. But um, you know, like this this calendar thing that I have, they could go uh, that um, they're buying it. So I mean, and, and droves, uh, but. But if it that was FBA, it would, it would I know it would be stronger. But yeah, you got to factor. In. A lot of people forget some of those those costs. And the only time merchant fulfilled usually is cheaper right now is if you're selling you know jewelry or something that lightweight that can just go in a little small bubble envelope and go out for a buck or two, uh, you know, first class mail or something. But yeah, pretty much F, everything else FBA beats it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so we we kind of had a similar situation. Uh, we have a holiday product uh, for the for Christmas and you know Hanukkah and and all that uh, that uh, sells like crazy. I mean, it's you know we make like eighty percent of our uh, our yearly sales you know with that one product during this time of year. Um, but what was interesting this year is that we had to actually um, send a case every day because of the stupid fulfillment limits. Yeah. So every day they'd be like, oh, you can send 300 more. Oh, you can send 300 more because we were selling, you know, three to 500 a day. So whatever we'd sell, we'd have to the next day then replace that inventory. And as we got close to the holiday, you know, all that stuff got backed up and we backed it yeah. up with, with FBM uh, as well. But like you said, you know, Kevin, people trust Prime now, especially during the holidays. They want their stuff to make sure that it gets there on time is, you know, if it's a gift. 
So that's always a, a fun one. But, uh, you know, the good thing is, is, you know, even though it's a, a big holiday product can be sold year round. So like, we'll probably market it for Valentine's day and, you know, father's day and, you know, mother's day and all the other holidays, because it works really well for kind of all of that. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting speaking, thing. To... Speaking of that too, one thing like those, on those limits, when Amazon says, uh, you go into re, you know, inventory and restock inventory and says, you can send in a, like you said, 300 today, that's dynamic throughout the day. So it might be 301 if you're checking it right now, uh, but you check it tonight, it might go to 206, and, and then it can go to zero. From some of mine, they, they shut them all down for like a week to zero. I think Amazon must said, we're, we're at our capacity, we need to slow this down. So zero for a bunch of people for like a, a week or two there, November, early December. Yep. So I, what you got to be on if if this if you're playing this game to to manage your inventory, you got to be on top of this. And as soon as you see that it's full case quantities or some economical, take it. Uh, you know, and, and, and even if you don't ship it right then, you know, you're not going to ship it for a week. Go ahead and, and uh, take it from Amazon and say, you know, create the shipping the initial shipping plan and then come back to it later to, to finish it off and, and send it in. But I had to do that on one of my products. One day they gave me. To, uh, 400 something uh, this is a saturday or sunday of this week so i took it and i was like oh there's no way i can ship this in for you know till like thursday or friday and then the next day they gave me another 300 and i took that uh so make sure you know yeah it, yeah it's a it's a new uh, cat and mouse game yeah absolutely and, and you, that's exactly right like you said that can change and uh the other thing that i noticed after the holidays because people uh, like you and i kevin caught on to that is they're now putting limits on those shipping plans i think it's a week or maybe it's two weeks, but if you dial in those shipping plans and save them kind of as a, a, a you know, as a, a, a hedge, uh, they've, they've, they've seen that game now too. I have to say Amazon's getting really good at seeing how sellers are getting around some of the BS that, that they are uh, putting into place uh, and then plugging that hole really quickly. Cause that came out, I think I saw it a week or two ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's an excellent point, but Amazon's doing some interesting stuff, but you know, they, they're driven by profit. So they're, they're getting more and more people on every day to look at this stuff to to figure out how to how to make more money. Going back to uh to to products, uh, I know Kevin that you and Steve are doing a lot with the importing, and I know that Steve moved a lot of stuff to Vietnam and things like that. Are you still doing majority of your sourcing in China? Have you diversified that? Um, and for the people who wanted, if 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 so, um, if you're diversifying, you know, what are some tips for people? Uh, in terms of finding suppliers in other countries, like, you know, places like Vietnam or, you know, uh, I think India for textiles, you know, any, anything that you're doing in that space, we'd love to hear about. Yeah, we have some of my stuff uh, right now. I have Vietnam. Uh, we have some stuff made in Vietnam, some in Singapore and some in Malaysia. Um, the, by the sourcing on that, I have partners on that that actually uh, are in Hong Kong. It's an American guy and a, a UK guy that, that have a a uh, company in Hong Kong, so that they handle all that side uh, of it. But they have a team of people that that's all they do is source. Uh, so they're handling that. Like you said, Steve uh, Simonson has, he has an office of 10, 15, 20 people, mostly in China, but they, they also coordinate all this stuff that's in other countries. Um, you can find some of that stuff. Um, uh, you know, Alibaba has, has some of that, Global Sources has some of that. Um, if you do some reverse, you know, using Pangeva or import, uh, genius or some of those other software tools to see what your competition, where they're sourcing from it. Uh, you can, you can find that stuff uh, there. You can look at some trade show websites to, to find some of that, or, or you can try to get a sourcing agent if you want to do that, or use someone like Sourceify. Uh, so th there's a lot of options, uh, there. Um, I don't have a specific like 
here's your here's your one answer. Uh, this just depends on your situation. Got it. Um, any, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, launching those new FBM products, um, uh, and you're saying uh, you said you're using two-step URLs. Are you still using two-step URLs? There's a huge debate, and there always is about whether they still work or not. A lot of they, people are now saying only organic search find buy is is working. Um, you know, any other tricks that you're using right now to promote your products that you see that are working? I use the field ASIN uh, from heliumtens.com/gems. That worked for those, those calendars. Um, I mean. It's hard to say, did that work? Or is it just because I got 100 sales in one day with the keywords in the title? Uh, it's hard to exactly say, but I, I, I don't feel it was a waste. But if you're on a highly competitive product or something, I, I would tend to agree it probably has less impact than uh, straight buys. So what's working for me now is search find buy. And I'll use someone like Rank Bell or Rank Falcon or people who use Rebate Key or some of those. Those, that works um, and, and in combination with heavy PPC. So we'll, we'll what I'll do is I'll come out with a product and I'll, I'll go after the mid-level keywords, no big keywords. Um, the mid-level keyword, mid, mid and lower level keywords with a search find buy and heavy PPC. I have no reviews. Uh, so you obviously your conversion rate is going to be lower, but you got to start somewhere. You have that window. People call it the honeymoon period where you need to get going. So I'll get, get it going. I'll do Vine uh, reviews. I'll do uh, the early reviewer program to try to get some of those first reviews in. And once we get to about 20, 30 reviews on a product, then we'll do another search find buy, and then we'll start going after the bigger keywords. Uh, now that we have, and we'll wrap up the PPC even more. Uh, because now, assuming that you get good reviews, and if you get bad reviews, then you got to change this. But assuming you get good reviews, then then that's the uh, the process. Uh, and that seems to, to work pretty well. Awesome. How do you uh, uh, how do you plan on hedging against uh, some of the bigger you know because now that the people know there's big money to be made on Amazon especially since the pandemic more you know businesses have jumped on I would love to see that stat we don't we don't know it yet but marketplace I think it's marketplace pulse or something like that I'm sure we'll have some of those numbers for us uh, for, for last year um, but I bet it's massive I bet it's huge um, how do the small mom and pop type sellers hedge against some of these really big brands with big money coming onto Amazon. And also the other uh, kind of threat I see is coming from companies like Thrashio where, you know, they've got all these experts in there. They got all these resources where they can launch, uh, you know, or take brands and, and, you know, turn their, their spigot on and just destroy all these small mom and pop type Amazon businesses. Um, do you agree with that kind of uh, notion? And if not, um, you know, why not? And also, if you do agree, like, how do you think you could, how do you think the small seller can hedge against uh, those threats? Well, you hedge against it by, by niching down into the niches, but the, the big, uh, the big brands, I'm not too worried about because they don't know what they're doing. They spend a lot of money and on the advertising side, you know, they, they don't care if they, what their A cost is. They sell branding and stuff to them. So that, that's a problem there where it can, it can hurt you. But uh, the Thrasios that are combining, you know, there's like 10 of these guys now that are doing this. It's a, it's a, it's a hot thing right now um, that those guys that are, are depend. I mean, if you're competing against one of their brands, you might be a little bit of a competitive advantage because they have the deeper resources and the deeper pockets. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes you, you might have to lower your expectations, let them be number one. You can be number two. You know, there's Avis and Hertz. They both do okay. So you don't have to be the best seller. Um, you might, it might mean you have to lower your expectations or launch a few more products to maintain or grow your business. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's something good for people to have choice, uh, and, and um, 
you know, as long as you can maintain those top three, four, five positions, you should, for whatever keywords you're targeting, you should be okay. Um, I, I wouldn't, I'm not overly worried about that because I know, even though they're teams, I know, at least for me, this is, I can outmarket or out, outdo them uh, in some areas. Yeah, I, I always make that that comparison as well. You know, if you guys want to, I don't know if they've upped their game since, but I always use Stanley Tools. Go look at some Stanley Tool listings and laugh your head off uh, about, you know, four-in-one screwdriver. That's their title. So um, I agree with you there. But I also do think on the flip side, though, that they're starting to realize that that market, that that uh, Amazon marketplace and that customer base is growing so quickly yeah that they are starting to hire people who know what they're doing. You know, they're, they're started starting to be some of these agencies that are coming on to help these big brands actually, you know, fix like Stanley tools. Um, so I definitely agree with you there. That's, you know, the, the, the way to survive on Amazon um, is uh, to, you know, really niche down and also, you know, really concentrate on things that you can't, you can do that big brands can't do, right. Big brands can't pivot a product really quickly or change an accessory or change a color or, you know, those are the kinds of things that you can do, you know, in a couple of days that, you know, in a big brand, it takes weeks or months or, you know, even years to get through all the red tape and all the bosses and the boss's boss and all that. So I completely agree with you. Um, one thing you can do too, is you can license. If, you, if you're worried about that, I mean, one of our brands are about to launch. Um, yeah, we, we have a license in the, in the, the entire category on Amazon. I, I don't want to say which category it is, but for, for body glove. You know, the big surfing brand um, so with them we are we're creating the product line that will have their logo on it we paid them a, a royalty um, but that differentiates us it sets us apart so immediately it's not here's kevin's brand and nobody knows kevin's brand what is this thing it's a body glove product so immediately it has credibility and then they will they're going to take it when we launch instead of us we'll, i mean we'll still do the traditional giveaway uh, rebates and advertising and stuff but They'll send it out to their influencers. And some of these guys have Instagram followings of two, three million people, these athletes, you know, Olympic athletes and, and different things. And they'll, they'll publicize it. And plus they'll also, they have connections with all the retailers, the Nordstrom's, the Macy's, the, the Dick's Sporting Goods, the academies, all those kind of people. And so they'll make introductions there uh, on the product. So we'll use Amazon as kind of like a proving ground to where we'll get the reviews and make sure everything's right. And then we'll take it to the stores, you know, and, um, they came to us because for exactly what you just says is they approached us. We didn't approach them, um, but they wanted us because we know Amazon and they're like, this is the best way we could either go hire somebody for 40, 50,000, a hundred thousand a year. But why, why do that uh, when we can just license it uh, to someone that's already doing it? We have more incentive. They have more incentive. It, it, it's a win-win for everybody. So that I think you may see more opportunities in that too. That's a, that's a interesting, uh, business model. I like that. Um, if you're selling outdoor camping equipment, just get a license with the U S Marines or something. Right. You know, right. That, that's not a hard one to get Disney or, you know, some of the big ones are hard, you know, Disney, or, you know, it's going to take some money and, and they're careful, but someone like the, the army or U S Marines or something, you know, those are easier to get. And just by sticking that on your, your lanterns and your backpacks and whatever, it's a differentiator. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's an interesting play there. Um, you kind of uh, segued into my next question pretty perfectly there. Uh, you mentioned influencers. Are you using social media, um, you know, besides influencers? Like, do you have, does your brand have its own social media presence? I assume it does at least a basic one. Um, how much time and effort are you putting into that? And what kind of returns are you seeing on it? Returns are very low um, for the most part. Um, we do have, I have 
we do that. I do. We I do have a person that's doing that for two of our companies. Uh, I said earlier, I don't have a employees. I, I guess that's a, a false statement. They're not employees, but you know, we pay someone 500 bucks a month to, uh, to take care of that for two of our brands or 500 for each brand. Um, and they're posting on Instagram and billing the Facebook and it, it's going okay. Um, but, um, does that add a lot? Uh, no. Um, you know, can it? Yeah, it has potential. I, I think the one right now that has the most potential is Clubhouse. Um, if you can, depending on what your brand is, if you're selling, you know, uh, well, actually almost anything, it, it, Clubhouse is the, the hot, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with it or not, but if you're not, Clubhouse is an audio only app. So everything on there is audio. There's no video, there's no chat, there's no text started earlier this year, like in March, I think they're up to about a million people right now. It's invitation only. So you got to know somebody to get in, but um, what's happening in there from a business point of view and a marketing and a networking point of view, is nothing like I've ever seen. Um, so I think the people that are early into this before it blows up to, you know, billion people or whatever, like Facebook are going to be on, can, whether you're selling information or products, I mean, we're going to use it for one of our brands. That's eco-friendly brand. We're going to set up a little rooms that people are talking about environments, environmentally conscious type of stuff. And we'll build a passionate audience that then when we come out with the products in that line, we'll say, Hey, by the way, you know, this is the product and we'll make connections with other influencers through in there that have Instagram, big Instagram followings. And instead of me having to reach out and say, we'll pay you a bunch of money. They'll be like, no, when you get your thing out, just let us know, man, we'll plug it for you. So I think, Anybody that's not looking at Clubhouse right now as a marketing tool for their products or their information businesses is, is missing a major opportunity. Uh, this is, it's a, it, it's good. It's a game changer for if you do it right. Awesome. That's uh that, yeah, Amy just sent me an invite and I haven't even looked at it yet because I have so many other, you know, things that I'm working on. I'm super deep into LinkedIn right now. Um, and, and, and in the last few weeks have gained some serious traction. So I'm putting some time into that, but I'll, I will have to check that out because, um, especially on the upper echelon, it seems like celebrities and, and promote, you know, uh, people big in the Amazon space, things like that are, are using it. So I'll have to check that out. Um, that's, that's, uh, yeah, the, network, platform. the networking there, if you're in the right rooms and you do it right and you follow the right people, the way the algorithm works, it's, uh, and like you said, there's. I'm seeing, you know, I'm, I haven't let a room or anything yet because I've only been in there for about 10, week, 10 days or so now. Like you, I don't have a lot of time, but I'm about to start doing a lot of stuff. And just some of the rooms, you know, when I'm, I have an honest background noise, you know, instead of listening to a podcast, I'm getting more value out of this. I was listening to something last night, totally off of the Amazon spaces about how to grow your business to six figures or something. And I had like 5,000 people in this room, like six guys, six or seven guys up on stage moderating and the, the nuggets that they were dropping about tools to use for Facebook advertising and Instagram and building your list. And this was just like, I was like, holy cow, man, I was taking notes as well. Um, what on some of what they're saying. So from a learning perspective and from a marketing perspective, I, I see major potential there Very and cool. networking. <laughs> All right. So besides, uh, b besides clubhouse, um, what else are you into right now in terms of, um, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, podcasts, um, any books, uh, when Kevin sits down on the couch at night for the, you know, I, you said you work all night, like I do. So for the 30 minutes to an hour that you plop down on the couch at night, what, what, what are you into in terms of, uh, you know, uh, learning or entertainment, things like that? My guilty pleasure is 90 day fiance. 
<laughs> that's hilarious. That's, my, I, that's I, my I, guilty. I, that's my relax at night. Is... I love 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> uh, my, oh my gosh, I watch all the seasons. My wife's, uh, my wife's bit of fine. I think she already binged all of them. I'll walk out to the living room from my <laughs> office and she's watching it. So, uh, that, yeah, See, that my, be... my wife is from Colombia, so I can relate uh, in, in some ways uh, as well. So, I, I've been watching it since it started, uh, like 2014, when the first season was like four episodes, and so I've been, been with it ever since. So, that's my, my guilty pleasure to just chill and relax. I, I love it, that's great. Um, and uh, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being on. I know you have to run right now, but let people know how they can get a hold of you if you want to mention any websites or things you're doing right now. Uh, you said you're you're up to eight businesses, you know, kind of like me. I, I'm trying to do the one thing though, right? So I'm, I'm trying to backpedal, but let people know uh, what you're up to right now. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said at the beginning, I, I got a bunch of stuff. But the easiest way, if you want to keep up with, I mean, I don't post a whole lot there, but if anything important I post, it's just follow me on Facebook. I uh, just go to Facebook. I think my friends are tapped out. Yeah, there might be a, somebody might have died or I don't mean that badly or someone went away off of Facebook. So, but usually it's close to 5,000, but you can try that. Um, but if, or just follow there, that's probably the best, the best thing um, to do. All right. Sounds good, Kevin. Thanks so much. And uh, everybody, thank you guys so much for uh, listening. Uh, those of you who joined us live, we really appreciate it. If you don't know, you can uh, watch uh, video and uh, get the podcast, all that good stuff sellaroundtable.com uh, if you want to join us live 1 p.m every tuesday at sellaroundtable.com forward slash live um if you guys haven't rate reviewed subscribed we really really appreciate that um amy i think we ended in the top five on the seller poll for podcasts this year uh with us we being so fourth fourth at for fourth. yeah it was for, a vicious awesome. battle to the end yeah yeah so so congratulations uh, yeah so well, we were everybody. listed twice again so <laughs> Oh no! But I did reach out to Danny and I was like, hey, you know, you want to recount these? And he was like, it's okay. I already recounted them and it didn't make a difference in the... Oh, <laughs> so... sure. No. <laughs> sure, Danny. No. Yeah, no. So, so uh, yeah, we really appreciate that, guys. Thank you if you voted for us. And uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, for, uh, for yeah, for the amount of time that we've been doing this podcast, I think we're, we're, we're teaching a lot of you guys things. And, and uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you on what you want in terms of guests and content. So thank you again, guys. Kevin, thank you so much All for right, being here. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, we'll see you care. next time on the Seller Roundtable. All right, thanks. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.